Then you will truly be successful. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. Gotta work together. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good to those who love God. He has word on your lips. To those who are called. Meditate on your According to be his purpose, to do purpose. it's his purpose, not mine. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. Gotta work together. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. To those who love God, he has word on your lips. To those who are called oh, According to his purpose Purpose It's his purpose Not mine James chapter 2. My brothers and sisters, do not show favoritism as you hold on to the faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. For if someone comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and dressed in fine clothes, and a poor person dressed in filthy clothes also comes in, if you look with favor on the one wearing the fine clothes and say, sit here in a good place, and yet you say to the poor person, stand over there, or sit here on the floor by my footstool. Haven't you made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, didn't God choose the poor in this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him? Yet you have dishonored the poor. Don't the rich oppress you and drag you into court? Don't they blaspheme the good name that was invoked over you? Indeed, if you fulfill the royal law prescribed in the scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. If, however, you show favoritism, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the entire law and yet stumbles at one point is guilty of breaking it all. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. So if you do not commit adultery, but you murder, you are a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are to be judged by the law of freedom. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has not shown mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but does not have works? Can such faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothes and lacks daily food, and one of you says to him, them, go in peace, stay warm and be well fed but you didn't give them what the body needs, what good is it? In the same way, if it does not have works, is dead. In the same way, faith, if it does not have works, is dead by itself. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. Good. Even the demons believe, and they shudder. Senseless person, are you willing to learn that faith without works is useless? Wasn't Abraham our father justified by works in offering Isaac his son on the altar? 
you see that faith was active together with his works, and by works, faith was made complete. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way, wasn't Rahab the prostitute also justified by works in receiving the messengers and sending them out by a different route? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. So today, James tackles partiality. Don't show partiality because it shows that you don't believe in Jesus or his command to love. Then James launches into his controversial section, which isn't that controversial if we've read the rest of the book and see the ethical commands of Christ and Paul. James says, hey, what good is faith if you define faith as saying you believe something, but it doesn't lead to actual action. Again, like the Good Samaritan, if we say, hey, we believe in Jesus, but we see a naked, hungry brother, someone hurting, someone left on the side of the road, and we say, go in peace, be well, but we don't do anything to help them. We have a dead faith. It's a totally worthless faith. And people are right when they're mad at Christians for caring about having all the right beliefs, but not actually doing things for people who are suffering. Because if you aren't doing things for people that are actually suffering or hurting, you aren't loving people, uh, then you don't actually have the right belief (laughs) because the right belief, and I know it's kind of circular here, the right belief leads to love and Christ-like sacrifice. James is adamant in this chapter. He's basically saying, show me a genuine faith that doesn't include work. And that's why James can say faith without works is dead or faith without works is worthless. And he can say, you show me your faith apart from your works and I'll show you my faith through my works. It's not that works set us right or or um, sh- like it's not that the works make God love us or something like that. It's that if we believe what Christ has done for us, if we believe that God is faithful, if we believe that God loves us, the only response that faithfully shows that would be that we would respond by obeying him and that we would respond by loving others as he has loved us. And that's what James is getting at in this letter, in these chapters. And it doesn't contradict Paul or Jesus at all. But can you just give us some basic principles of faith application for people to just kind of put in their spirit this evening? Well, Jesus taught what I call systematic faith. When you look at faith categories in the Bible, there is um, uh, what I call saving faith, Ephesians 2.8. When I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus, that's saving faith. Then there is submission faith, what Peter did when he said, uh, and, and Mary, be it unto me according to your word, just submitting obedience. 
Then there is a surrogate faith, when you use your faith on the behalf of another. And then mm. in the Bible, there is special faith, which is the gift of faith to believe beyond your normal capability. And then there is systematic faith. Mark chapter 11, Jesus teaches systematic faith. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thy removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he said. Now, that is the fundamental foundational scripture for Jesus teaching us how to use our faith. So there is the asking. I must ask uh, uh, based on the scripture says. Scripture teaches me that when I ask anything according to his will, he hears me. Well, where is his will? He hears me. Where is his will? His will is found in his word. So when I pray, I already know what the will of God is, so I don't have to co-sign my prayer with, if it be thy will, because faith starts where the will of God is known. So I would find, I find the will of God, that's the asking. I ask according to the will of God, and I ask in his name. Jesus said, in that day, you shall ask me nothing. But he said, here, verily, verily, you know, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. So that's the asking. Then there is the believing. Biblical believing is different from the world's believing. Biblical believing is to accept something as a fact, even though you have no sense realm evidence. Ooh. That was Thomas's problem. Thomas wanted sense realm evidence, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nail. Put my finger into that print of the nail. I will not believe. So believing is a matter of your will. You can will to believe or you can will not to believe. Everybody's will is set by a criteria. Thomas's criteria was let me touch it. Jesus came, satisfied that criteria, and called it faithlessness. Then mm. after that, he says, watch this. Come here, Thomas. Yeah, he says, examine me. He says, watch this. He says, now hold on, Thomas, because Thomas starts shouting. My Lord, my grace, hold on. I ain't going to be around here for everybody to touch me and examine me. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. So biblical okay. believing is to accept something as a fact without sense realm evidence. I did not say you did not have evidence. Our evidence is what God said. Our evidence is the word of God. That's the asking, the believing. Now you got the confession. I'm just giving you the ABCs. Confession in the scripture has to do with I put my mouth in agreement with what God says. I put my mouth in agreement with what the word of God says. It's very easy. You follow me? So there's the A, there's the B, there's the C. Oh, I watch this now. Then there's the demonstration. I got to act like the word of God is so. People, I mean, if I could get you to, people to see this. <laughs> watch this. The Bible says, and when he saw their faith, my Lord, James teaches and he says, Faith without action, corresponding action, is dead being alone. So I gotta, I've got to, with as much as in me is, I've got to act in agreement with what I believe. If I believe I'm healed, I'm getting up out of the bed, even if I can't do anything, but putting my feet on the edge of the bed and, and glorify God that I can move my feet. If I believe uh, my God meets my need, listen, I'm not going to sit around and worry. I'm going to thank God for what I have at the table. So there's the A, there's the B, there's the C, there's the D, and then the E, expectation. See what Ooh. I mean? I'm not just a hoping and a praying. I have five justifiable expectations. 
Expectation number one, I'm expecting a plan of action. God's going to give me a plan. Number two, I'm expecting the wisdom of God. That is the correct application of the knowledge I already have. Number three, I am expecting the favor of God for God to raise up somebody to use their power, their ability, and their influence to help me. Then number four, I'm believing for a supernatural miracle, that which man cannot understand, that which man cannot explain, that which will amaze me. And then number five, my expectation is strength to endure until change comes. Because faith is not magic. So I may have to wait longer than I wanted to. But if I keep on waiting, the Bible says it is by faith and patience we inherit the promises. So if you want to hear that again, let me see the emoji and I'll rewind it. If y'all want me to move forward, I'll do it. All right, let's rewind. Somebody say thank you, Sean. I wasn't prepared. I told y'all to blood call up. Y'all don't believe me. Y'all didn't have faith. Y'all was doubting Thomas this morning. All right, here we go. And it doesn't contradict Paul or Jesus at all. But can you just give us some basic principles of faith application for people to just kind of put in their spirit this evening? Well, Jesus taught what I call systematic faith. When you look at faith categories in the Bible, there is um, uh, what I call saving faith, Ephesians 2.8, when I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus, that's saving faith. Then there is submission faith, what Peter did when he said, uh, and, and Mary, be it unto me according to your word, just submitting obedience. Then there is a surrogate faith, when you use your faith on the behalf of another. And then mm. in the Bible, there is special faith, which is the gift of faith to believe beyond your normal capability. And then there is systematic faith. Mark chapter 11, Jesus teaches systematic faith. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he said. Now, that is the fundamental foundational scripture for Jesus teaching us how to use our faith. So there is the asking. I must ask uh, uh, based on the scripture says. Scripture teaches me that when I ask anything according to his will, he hears me. Well, where is his yes. will? He hears me. Where is his will? His will is found in his word. So when I pray, I already know what the will of God is, so I don't have to co-sign my prayer with, if it be thy will, because faith starts where the will of God is known. So I was find, I find the will of God. That's the asking. I ask according to the will of God, and I ask in his name. Jesus said, in that day, you shall ask me nothing. But he said, you're very, very, you know, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. So that's the asking. Then there is the believing. Biblical believing is different from the world's believing. Biblical believing is to accept something as a fact, even though you have no sense realm evidence. Ooh. That was Thomas's problem. Thomas wanted sense realm evidence, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nail. Put my finger into that print of the nail. I will not believe. So believing is a matter of your will. You can will to believe or you can will not to believe. Everybody's will is set by a criteria. Thomas's criteria was let me touch it. 
Jesus came, satisfied that criteria, and called it faithlessness. Then mm. after that, he says, watch this. Come here, Thomas. Yeah, he says, examine me. He says, watch this. He says, now hold on, Thomas, because Thomas starts shouting. My Lord, my grace, hold on. I ain't going to be around here for everybody to touch me and examine me. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. So biblical believing is to accept something as a fact without sense realm evidence. I did not say you did not have evidence. I evidence is what God said. I evidence is the word of God. That's the asking, the believing. Now you got the confession. I'm just giving you the ABCs. Confession in the scripture has to do with I put my mouth in agreement with what God says. I put my mouth in agreement with what the word of God says. It's very easy. You follow me? So there's the A, there's the B, there's the C. Oh, I watch this now. Then there's the demonstration. I got to act like the word of God is so. People, I mean, if I could get you to, people to see this. <laughs> watch this. The Bible says, and when he saw their faith, my Lord, James teaches and he says, Faith without action, corresponding action, is dead being alone. So I gotta, I've got to, with as much as in me is, I've got to act in agreement with what I believe. If I believe I'm healed, I'm getting up out of the bed, even if I can't do anything, but putting my feet on the edge of the bed and, and glorify God that I can move my feet. If I believe uh, my God meets my need, listen, I'm not going to sit around and worry. I'm going to thank God for what I have at the table. So there's the A, there's the B, there's the C, there's the D, and then the E, expectation. See, what I'm in, I'm not just a hoping and a praying. I have five justifiable expectations. Expectation number one, I'm expecting a plan of action. God's going to give me a plan. Number two, I'm expecting the wisdom of God. That is the correct application of the knowledge I already have. Number three, I am expecting the favor of God for God to raise up somebody to use their power, their ability, and their influence to help me. Then number four, I'm believing for a supernatural miracle, that which man cannot understand, that which man cannot explain, that which will amaze me. And then number five, my expectation is strength to endure until change comes because faith is not magic. So I may have to wait longer than I wanted to, but if I keep on waiting, the Bible says it is by faith and patience we inherit the promises. Because it's easier to talk loyal than to be loyal. Oh, everybody's loyal when you're on your way up. Everybody's loyal when you're walking on water. Everybody's loyal when you're taking two fish and five loaves of bread and feeding five thousand. Everybody's loyal when the woman with the issue of blood is touching the hem of your garment and getting healed. Everybody's loyal when they're saying Hosanna. But who's going to be loyal when they say crucify him? And Thomas doesn't know where he belongs. I want to preach to somebody who don't quite fit anywhere. You're a mixture of so many different things that your, your identity is complicated. It's hard to describe where you stand. You believe about this, but you don't believe about that. And you believe about this, but you don't believe about that. And you're not sure about this. And, you, and you've been talking to a lot of people. And you've been reading a lot of books. And you've been hearing a lot of ideas. And you've got a lot of concepts. And now you're just confused, the Bible said. Much learning has made you mad. 
because you have tried to learn your way into God. And that idea is called Gnosticism and it don't work. Because if you could learn your way into God, that means your mind would be bigger than God because you could understand him. But God is so big that he surpasses comprehension. So he doesn't say, whosoever understands me shall be saved. He says, whosoever believeth on me shall be saved. He says, you become like a little child with childlike faith and simply believe. And what Jesus prayed for Peter is that he would not lose his ability to believe like a child. Some of you have been in a crisis so bad that, you, that your faith has taken a toll. Your faith has taken a toll. Jesus had told Peter, Satan has desired to have you, that he might sift you as wheat. There's something about trauma that eats at your faith. That if you get sifted bad enough, you start wondering, maybe he don't love me. Maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he won't come and get me. Maybe he won't rescue me. Simon, Simon, the whole Satan has desired to have you that he might sift you as we tear you apart. But I prayed for thee that thy faith fail not and when, not if, and when, not if, and when, not if, and when thou art converted. Strengthen thy brother, but you cannot strengthen your brother until you get converted and you cannot strengthen your brother while your faith is in a crisis and you cannot strengthen your brother while you are uncertain yourself. And Thomas was not in the room. It is day 82 of our 90 day challenge. And I want to give you this topic, managing ambiguity. James is known in biblical scholarship for faith. In James, you get the famous words, faith without works is dead. What is faith? I've been waiting to tell this story for so long and I didn't know where I would be able to tell it. Now I know it's here. So this week, I lost my keys. But I have a car that doesn't require that you put the key in an ignition. It's sort of an automatic start. As long as the key is in the car, then the car will start. Well, every day I go to class and I have not yet found my keys, but I still get from point A to point B because at least I know that the car has started. And if the car has started, then the key is in the car even if I don't see it. That's faith. Faith is the willingness to believe that God can get you from point A to point B even though you can't see him. Faith is knowing that if the ignition started and you were able to drive, it must mean that you're closer than you think you are. That's faith. And I don't know that we talk enough about the ambiguity of an assignment. I don't know if people that are so clear today share with you their confusion of yesterday, but everything isn't clear. Sometimes as you go, you get healed. Sometimes as you start, then you learn. It's not that you wake up one day and now you just know what to do. No, you mess up. You slip up. You have seasons of ambiguity and still God says, have faith. I want you to put some faith on your purpose today. Put some faith on your passion today. Put some faith on your calling today and step out trusting that if God started the ignition, then I promise you he's in the car with you.
substance of things hoped for Evidence of things not seen It's trust and confidence in God's word Oh, faith, come alive in me Faith is the substance of things hoped for Evidence of things not seen it's trust and confidence in God's word Oh, faith come alive in me Faith come alive in me Open my eyes to see That where I am is not my reality Faith come alive in me If I just believe in your word you've given me The power to conquer anything Oh, faith come alive in me Faith come alive in me Come on. 